The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And applause for them, and also for our regular Joan, who is in the chat room, loyal and ready as always. Here we go. (laughs) Tonight's show, as all of our shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute, and we'll watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial breaks, we'll rate the episode between 1 to 10, 1 being, oh, my God, this is so bad. It's so bad, put it in the dumpster. And 10 being, ha, ah, I see angels and Fairies and unicorns are coming up my arse. It's so good. And we will also give you commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please do not discuss any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. And hello to a new person. We have a Joseph Gibson in the chat. Um, he's not been to the show before that I know of, so let's give him some welcome applause. Thanks for joining us, Joseph. We are in the middle of setting up to be talking about the return of the last part of The Walking Dead ever. So here are our updates. Uh, First off, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 17 in the final third of season 11 and ever, followed by The Talking Dead around 11 p.m. following the premiere of Interview of the Vampire at 10.07. It is the last mid-season premiere of Walking Dead ever. Number two, Fear the Walking Dead uh, season eight. I don't know what's going on yet, still. We do not have a return for Season 8, but it's coming. Uh, Number three, obviously World Beyond has ended. There's a tie-in with the Commonwealth. We don't know how. That's on AMC+. Uh, The fourth is the Daryl spinoff. And Joseph has chosen to leave us, and that's a shame. All right. Well, uh, Joseph, if you care to stay still, we're talking about some cool stuff here. Uh, So the Daryl spinoff premieres 2023. David Zabel is showrunner. It's rumored to connect to the newly discovered advanced walkers in France and will line up with the world beyond timeline of 10 years after it all began. Um, David Zabel is a producer and writer known for ER, Keith, and Detroit. Tales of the Walking Dead Season 1 has wrapped two weeks ago. There's been talk of a Season 2, but no details yet. Also on AMC Plus and AMC Streaming. Uh, Dead in the Water, Fear Webisodes on AMC Plus. That was over in the summer. Maggie and Negan in New York is now called The Walking Dead, Dead City. That will be in 2023. 
All righty. Call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314. Let's double check in the chat room. Joan, can you hear me? Let's just make absolutely sure that we're up and running before we have to really, really get serious here. I don't know. I'm assuming that's not why Joseph left. Um, Joseph, if you care to comment or, you know, if you care to leave the conversation again, I, you know, whatever, dude, we're going to stay here and have a good time. Okay. Joan can hear me. So I don't know what Joseph's problem is, but he can worry about that. So any of the rest of you who would like to speak with the hosts uh, about the show or anything related, 914-338-0314. And we'll be taking calls all evening. Uh, we especially encourage you to call now between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show gets going. You're welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, and I know some of you are like that, you don't like to do that phone thing. That's for your parents. Uh, Join us in our live chat room where you can ask questions, chat, and you'll be able to listen to the show real time and go back to that link after the fact and download the episode as a podcast for later listening. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can go to each episode link later on. Give us about five, five to ten minutes after the show ends and it will convert to an archive and then you can do that. And you can download the broadcast as an MP3. Just click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes are archived on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's Walking Dead episode is entitled Lockdown. The official AMC synopsis is Daryl and Negan rush to the Commonwealth. I'm trying to copy the link for the extended synopsis, which I'm having copying problems with this computer. I think it needs updating. Uh, to rush the Commonwealth to stop Hornsby from going after their families. Pamela deals with protesters demanding justice for Sebastian's crimes. Mercer needs Rosita's help to fight a swarm. If you guys remember, and they did allude to it in some of the trailers for this, um, one of the things at the last episode, uh, episode 16 at the end, um, was a swarm of locusts that were headed towards the Commonwealth. Um, which I also find kind of strange. The weather in Ohio is strangely like Virginia. Imagine that. Strangely kind of like Atlanta. But I digress. Okay, so let's go back to our notes. Additional synopsis is here. This is by Cameron Bolomono at comicbook.com, one of our main sources for things. And it's The Walking Dead's last premiere title description revealed. The Commonwealth goes into lockdown when The Walking Dead returns with its final mid-season premiere. AMC has revealed the official title and description, picking up where April, April's Acts of God mid-season finale left off with Lance Hornsby gunning for Maggie and Daryl. After Lance joined forces with Leah to kill Maggie, had his troopers ambush Aaron and Gabriel, and rounded up the Oceansiders, the Commonwealth's unhinged deputy governor took the communities of Oceanside, Hilltop, and Alexandria by force. And in the first of its last ever eight episodes, it's a race against time for Daryl, Maggie, Negan, and their allies to extract those still inside the Commonwealth. 
Meanwhile, whistleblower Max, lawyer Yumiko, and Governor Pamela Milton deal with the fallout of Connie's newspaper article anonymously exposing the Milton's corruption. With threats inside and outside the Commonwealth's walls, yet another danger looms, a walker horde outnumbering General Mercer and trusted trooper Rosita. The October 2 midseason premiere title is Lockdown, as I've mentioned. Um, I've given you the description, so we can skip that part. Lockdown launches the final batch of eight episodes that will end The Walking Dead after 11 seasons. Other episode titles I'll give you guys later because I do that towards the end and give you the whole spread, including the writers and directors if they are known. Um, The series finale, as a reminder, will be on November 20th. All right, Joseph, you're missing all the good dirt, so that's fine if you that's what you want to spend your time doing. You do you, boo. All right, writers and directors profiles. It is 8.40. We've got 20 minutes to chit-chat. Tonight's episode was written by Julia Ruckman and directed by Greg Nicotero. Okay, profiles. Julia Ruckman, The Big Bounce, FreshYarn.com. There is little to no personal bio info on her, although a few sites claim she is married, but not to whom. She has no social media accounts visible. After graduating from Williams College, Julia Ruckman moved to New York to write television. Her first pilot went into development hell as a marginally well-known at a marginally no, well-known network. Sorry about that. Talking is hard. Uh, she followed that real-life industry experience, quote unquote with a few freelance writing jobs, and then moved to Los Angeles against her better judgment. She still lives in L.A. where she battles road rage, meditates, and writes many, many television scripts, which are sure to win her Emmys one day. Julia is currently writing a pilot for a producer. This is from her website bio, and I think it is old data. So I really don't actually know what show this is for, but since she put it up there, I'm going to keep saying it. But just understand, I have no idea what show this means because it was a while ago. Um, currently writing a pilot for a producer trying to live up to the writing fellowship she was just awarded and can be seen performing her stories at various reading series around town. She thanks you for reading this, fresh yarn for publishing it, and apologizes for writing about herself in the third person. Uh, Thank you, Julia. We absolve you. Julia has five writer's credits prior to Walking Dead, The Assistants, The Troop, Covert Affairs, American Odyssey, and The Sun. She has three director's credits prior to Walking Dead, Covert Affairs, American Odyssey, and The Sun. S-O-N, by the way. Aside from Walking Dead, Ruckman has three other producer's credits for Covert Affairs, American Odyssey, and The Sun. She has been a co-executive producer for 38 prior episodes of Walking Dead since Season 10, Episode 1, Lines We Cross. Uh, Not including tonight. Tonight is her... Sixth episode written for the franchise. First was season 10, episode 8, The World Before. The second was season 10, episode 11, Morningstar. The third was season 10. I didn't catch what episode this is. I don't know if you want to look for me real quick, um, Joan. Uh, Season 10, episode something, The Tower, whatever episode number that was. And I'm going to write that into her bio for next time. Uh, The fourth is season 10, episode 20, so we know it's before 20 and after 11. Uh, Splinter, she wrote, and fifth was season 11, episode 7, Promise is Broken. Greg Nicotero, 
I've read much of his bio. Most of you guys should know who the heck he is. I have shortened his bio, and even with that, I may not even read half of this, only just because you all know he has been involved with the Walking Dead universe since its inception. He's a Pittsburgh native. Um, he was he had a first wife to whom he was married. She passed away in 2016, but they divorced prior to that, and he married his second wife, Sherry Nicotero, in 2000. Uh, they have kids together. He started his career in Pittsburgh, <coughs> and learned his craft uh, under the watchful tutor, tutoring of splatter guru Tom Savini. Um, you all know that they got their big break out of contacts and things going on in the 1985 Romero film Day of the Dead. Um, he recently completed acting in a 2021 horror film with Brink Stevens called Infernum Obscura. I just wanted to mention that even though that was a year and a half ago now. Um, just I sort of no brink and so I want to give her a shameless plug honestly <laughs> uh, let's see what else he, Greg's been with The Walking Dead since the beginning doing special effects and directing and producing the entire time um, I'm going to skip down a little bit because it's just there's so much here and you guys know it all um, so Nicotero has previously directed 35 episodes of Walking Dead since 2010 the last prior was season 11, episode 6, Out of the Ashes. Actually, I'm going to double-check and see if Joan found my episode. The Tower looks like episode 15 of season 10. So let me go up real quick and add that to Julia's bio so that we don't lose it next time. I think maybe there was a copy-paste barf, and I lost it. Okay, so tonight will be his 36th time directing an episode in, in the franchise, he is already listed as having directed the season and series finale. Um, and I'll give you guys the title in a bit when I do all the shows. I'm going to make you wait for it. I do have it tonight, though. Uh, you know, season 11, episode 24. I'll give that to you in a while. He's played many walkers, including Agatha's walker recently in season 11, episode 3, Hunted. He's also been on the couch for Talking Dead 44 times. The last one before... Um, he's not doing it tonight that I know of. Oh, wait, no, I beg your pardon. Uh, spoiler alert, yes, he is. Um, so 44 times previously, tonight will be 45. Last time he was on was after On the Inside, Season 11, Episode 6. That was September 26, 2021. He also has numerous credits in multiple parts of the franchise, including consulting producer for World Beyond and Tales, executive producer for Walking Dead Classic and Fear, an executive producer for the new unnamed Rick and Michonne spinoff. So let's give Greg, uh, sorry about that, Greg and Julia some big applause and thanks for working on the show. And being okay, it's 846 and Joseph has elected not to join us for the rest of the episode, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let me get a quick drink of something. I had a little non-COVID tickle in my throat. Okay, let's do some trivia. So this is the trivia we know about tonight's episode. Uh, tonight's episode is the 170th episode of Walking Dead Ever. Co-stars are listed as Annabelle Holloway as Gracie, who's Aaron's adopted daughter. Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Rick and Michonne's son. Corby Dean as K-O-R-B-I, by the way, 
as Mrs. Martins, M-A-R-T-E-N-S. She's a Commonwealth resident, as is her husband, Preston James Hiller, Hillier, pardon, as Mr. Martins. And I want to point out, I brought this up later in trivia, and it might be in the previous episode. I'm just digging real quick to see where it is. There is another character. Yes, it's mentioned in the trivia for the previous episode. I do not know anything about tonight's episode. This is only announced trivia that is public knowledge. You have a Mr. Martins and a Mrs. Martins who are characters tonight. It's a first appearance. And in the previous episode, there was someone with that last name. They have not mentioned there's a connection, but the name is spelt oddly enough that it seems very strange that there wouldn't be. So I expect there to be. I, I expect those two characters to be the parents of a character that was in episode 16. But we'll get to that in a minute. All right, 848, I'm going to keep going. Um, uncredited tonight, DJ Stavropoulos as Casey, K-A-S-E-Y. He's a resident and florist at the Commonwealth. He's the owner and florist at Casey's Kaleidoscope. Jimmy McCarthy as Alexandria resident, Savior 31. Michelle Morano as Alexandria resident, Survivor 30, Kingdom Soldier. Trivia, this extra was originally killed off and Do Not Send Us Astray, but was brought back due to her face not being shown as she was being killed. Therefore, they could use her again plausibly. Sorry, I have a slight case of the hiccups. I just, I'm having all kinds of bodily function issues, and I'm so sorry. I don't mean to inflict that on you guys. You know, I try not to bring that into the show if I can keep it discreet. <laughs> okay, Rachel Hernandez as Oceanside resident, survivor number one, and Keely, K-E-E-L-Y, McAllister as Oceanside resident, survivor number 11, Oceanside Sentry. This is the first appearance of Mr. Martins and Mrs. Martins. As of this episode, Lynn Collins, who played Leah Shaw, is no longer listed under also starring. This episode marks Lauren Cohen's 100th appearance on the TV series, making her the fourth person to achieve this mark after Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, and Melissa McBride. Makes sense. It also marks Eleanor Matsura and Lauren Ridloff's 25th appearance each on the show. During the Talking Dead sneak peek for this episode, this is cute, Judith Grimes refers to Aaron as her adoptive uncle. And that makes me have the awe and and all of the feels and squishy things. Okay, let's keep going. As of this episode, the opening credits have been extended, featuring 10 more cast members' names, new animated sequences, and a modified version of Bear McCreary's original score. Good to know. Uh, 8.50, let's do trivia for episode 16, last time in April. That episode was the 169th episode of Walking Dead ever. Co-stars were Kian Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree and Gustavo Gomez as Marco, who was a young adult at Hilltop in his 20s. All right. Um, hold on. I'm having scroll issues. Pardon. Uncredited people. Okay. Nathan W. Collins as Trooper Phillips, who was a Commonwealth soldier that was killed by Father Gabriel. Lance Kilmer as Hilltop resident, Survivor 238. Lance Kilmer also portrayed two separate characters, a scavenger and a savior, who were both killed in Season 8. So this is his third chance at being an extra. Laura Kelly is a Hilltop resident, Survivor 31. 
Dean Chandler Bowden as Oceanside resident, which I find a little bit weird because Oceanside people were almost all female, but I guess, you know, they had shuffling around and guests now going on. Uh, Esther Pittman as Oceanside resident, Survivor 51. They have a note that says Pocahontas. I don't remember her having that name. I'm just, I'm a little suspicious because that's not a name you just throw around. So uh, that's what it says. And I don't purport to assign any meaning to it. Catherine Spratlin as Oceanside resident, Survivor number 70. Rachel Foster as Oceanside resident, Survivor number 23. Robin Cox as Oceanside resident, Survivor number 49. Cherise Givaden as Oceanside resident. They don't have a number. Jasmine, J-A-Z-M-I-N-E, coffin, yes, as in, do uh, you get buried in it, <laughs> as a Riverbend resident, and Dan Fullen, F-U-L-L-E-N, as Riverbend resident. Uh, first appearance of Trooper Romano, first name unknown, played by Matt Bushell, though he was in a flash forward in season 11, episode 9, No Other Way, and season 11, episode 15, Trust. Last appearance of Phillips, last appearance of Romano, last appearance of Marco, last appearance of Leah Shaw. With Leah's death, the Reapers are all now dead. Okay, the title of the episode, Acts of God, refers to the swarm of locusts throughout the episode. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. In the very last mid-season finale for The Walking Dead, our heroes are trapped in situations beyond their control. Everyone they've worked so hard to protect is at risk as danger baits them at every turn. All is at stake. Now they must decide who and what are worth saving. Each decision comes with its own deadly ramifications. Meanwhile, Eugene and Max's relationship deepens, but so does the trouble that is brewing inside the Commonwealth. Gustavo Gomez celebrated his birthday, the actor's birthday, during the filming of this episode, which we did mention. Episode highlights, Lance Hornsby takes over Alexandria, Hilltop, and Oceanside. Deaths last time were Phillips, Commonwealth Trooper. Romano is a resident of the Commonwealth who served as a soldier for the Commonwealth Army. Marco is a resident of Hilltop. Uh, he was a Commonwealth soldier shot in the head by Leah. Uh, Leah Shaw, after Leah knocks, Maggie, knocks out Maggie, and takes her to her old cabin. A fight breaks out between the two women, with Leah eventually winning the upper hand. Daryl tracks him down and shoots Leah in the head before she can kill Maggie. Eight unnamed Commonwealth soldiers, one was alive and zombified. Uh, possible goof, and this is where the name thing comes in. Uh, April, the character April, who was in that one shelter that they were in, um, you know, that house, that it was all secured. April's name on the list, seen in Rogue Element, lists her full name as April Kelly. But in this episode, her last name is now Martins, M-A-R-T-E-N-S. This is possibly a production goof for Rogue Element, or her name was changed at some point between the writing of the two episodes. We have a Mr. and Mrs. Martins tonight, unsure if they are connected. I am predicting that they are. All right, it's 8.55. I'm checking to see if Joan has anything else to add. Not at this time, so let's go ahead and do whatever we've got uh, for notes and trivia and so on. Cast birthdays this week. Yes, let's do these. 
uh, Kirsty Bryan, K-E-R-S-T-I Bryan, who was Sandra in Season 1, Episode 1 of Tales. Birthdays in October. There's a post on Instagram that makes it seem like it's on the 2nd, but the date is not verified, just so you know. You know. <coughs> but do find out for sure. Otherwise, I will change it and let you guys know. Other birthdays include Lou Temple, L-E-W, who played Axel in the prison. His birthday is October 2nd. He's from somewhere in Louisiana. David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who's a screenwriter for both Walking Dead Classic and Fear. Uh, birthday is October 5th, and he's from Mansfield, Ohio. Tyler James Williams, who played Noah in Season 5, uh, Grady, up to Richmond. He was that young black man that got caught in the uh, rotating door with the walkers. Uh, his birthday is October 9th. He's from Westchester County, New York. And Jason Butlin Harner uh, played Toby's, Toby Carlson, Season 11, Walking Dead, uh, the ex-CIA assassin in Warlords. The episode was called Warlords. Um, that's the one where he had all the heads on the shelf and he was talking about this one guy. Um, so his birthday is also October 9th. There's a lot of, of those. And he is from Elmira, New York. So let's give them some birthday applause. Thank you, guys. All right, Joseph, show's about to go live, and we are not missing out, but you sure are. Okay, featured music for last episode, Imperial Rule by Bear McCreary and Sam Ewing. <coughs> At end sequence, Hornsby takes over communities. Sorry, I'm, I'm having a little tickle when I talk. I'll have to do something with that while we're going dark. Um, and also, Digit Drill. D-J-I-G-E-T Drill by the band Fire, F-Y-R-E. And that's playing when Lance orders the soldiers to kill Daryl. All right. Um, unaccounted for characters, I'm not counting because all bets are weird and off. Um, I will mention that Heath, Rick, and Georgie are still not accounted for. We kind of know what's going on, sort of, with Rick. We don't know anything about Heath and Georgie. Um, Talking Dead will be back tonight after Interview with the Vampire. We're not staying on for that because there's a whole hour. Um, but on Talking Dead tonight is Norman Reedus, Greg Nicotero, and superfan Yvette Nicole Brown with her notebooks. She's so awesome. Uh, so anyhow, that is what we know on that, and we've got two minutes before we go dark. I'm trying to straighten up the list because I thought I would talk to you guys about that, but it's kind of all over the place. Some of it's just that I have a lot on here, so the text is kind of jumping around. That text is jumping. It's really jumping. All righty. Um, I do have some discussion links if we run out of things to talk about. Maybe I'll pull one of those up while we are waiting. Um, I don't know if I can get this whole link up. I just really don't know what's going on with those highlighting problems. <sighs> Not sure what to tell you. All right, it's 8.59. Tell you what, let's go ahead and go dark, and let's get ready. Get your popcorn, go to the bathroom, get your drinks. We are about to go live for the last time, mid, mid-season mid opener. All right, guys. Oh, Joan says she was from Elmira, New York. Uh, she was born there anyway. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. 
All right, kiddo, let's go dark and get ready. Okay, guys, it's 9.06, and we are at our first commercial break. Um, here's some commentary from Joan that she was saying while we were getting ready to uh, come back. Um, she says, I've been curious about the use of the word swarm since I can't find any reference to it being used in the TV series, although it was in the graphic novel source material. Maybe they use it tonight, though. I, I'm pretty sure they've used swarm before, haven't they? Um, she says, quick opening... But blood and guts and Negan in action, sort of yay, starting with the six. I'm starting at 575, only because it was a little short, but I am starting higher than I we have a lot of times because I'm actually surprised that Negan and Daryl are working together and Maggie's cooperating with it, which I think is interesting and kind of cool. So, And I expect to go up further with this. So let me go back to my notes, and I do have an article pulled up for you guys. Um, let's see, let's, let's talk about the episodes first and then I'll come to the article because we can stop the article at any point. So here's the rest of the lineup ever. Uh, tonight's episode we don't need, we'll skip that. 171 slash 18, a new deal. Writers are Corey Reed and Kevin Diebolt and director's new name, Jeffrey January. That's October 9th. 172 slash 19 is called Variant, and obviously this is a reference to the Weird Walkers that they're now seeing. Um, I don't know what they're referring to about them, but that's that. Uh, Written by Vivian C. Uh, Director's not been announced. That's October 16th. We are back, though, and I'll tell you the rest at the second break. Okay, we are just at break number two now, and it's 921. Joan's going to 625, and I'm actually going to jump up to 625 as well. Pretty pleased with this last segment. Uh, let's see. Um, I think April may be Sebastian's girlfriend that got killed based on the posters. I think I had the wrong part of the episode that I was thinking she was from. Um, I don't know if – you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the time because we're sitting here having a conversation. Okay, so Walking Dead. Okay, so I'll get to Lockdown, and then I can go backwards in episodes from there because it lists the ones prior to. All right, so in Acts of God... Uh, spoilers are not allowed, blah, 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 blah. Okay, maybe the, maybe April was, huh. That's very strange. Okay, maybe April was prior to that. I Maybe a couple of episodes ago. Let's see if I can figure out who April was. Scrolling back a bit. I don't know if you want to try to help me at the same time, Joan. I'm looking for the name of Sebastian's girlfriend. Oh, it is April. Okay. No, okay. I was correct the first time. 
so Connie Kelly and Rosita meet with Eugene. They go to a list of names. They spot the name April, the woman who was trapped in the safe room when they got Sebastian's cash. All right, so April Martins, um, she was in Rogue Element, The Rotten Core, and Trust. She was grabbed by walkers while she was at the safe house, and Rosita had to put her down. Um, but she was one of the people that got conned into getting Sebastian's money and ended up getting screwed for it. <clears throat> All right, let me see if Joan has any further comments. Not right at the moment. She may be trying to look up the thing I asked about, which is fine. Let's go over the rest of the episodes uh, real quick. So uh, we did Variant, which is October 16th. Then 173-20 is What's Been Lost. The writer is Eric Mountain. Director's not been announced. That's the 23rd. So 174-21 is Outpost 22. The writer is Jim Barnes. Uh, Director's not been announced. That's October 30th. 175 slash 22 is called Faith. The writer is Nicole Morante Matthews, and the director is Magali Lozano. That's a new name. That's November 6th. 176 slash 23 is called Family. The writers are Kevin Diebolt, Eric Mountain. I've got Kevin Diebolt twice. I may have to look that up and see what's up with that. Um, Director's not been announced. That's November 13th. And the last one. Here it is, 177-24 is called Rest in Peace. The writer is Angela Kang, and the director is Greg Nicotero, November 20th. I'm going to take a quick jump and go back and see if I can find. um, There are three writers for the one that's previous to that, and I missed one. I had Kevin Diebolt's name twice, and I shouldn't have. I don't know why that copied that that way. Uh, what's been lost? Is that it? Let's take a look. No, it isn't it. Outpost 22. No faith. No family. There it is. Kevin Diebolt, Eric Mountain, and Magali Lozano. Interesting. All right. We're not yet back, but we probably will be soon. I do have an article set up for you guys. It's just a generic Walker article. The Walking Dead, 10 Things About the Zombies That Don't Make Sense by Derek Draven. I'm sure that's a pen name or he has cool parents. Um, this was posted in 2020. It's from ScreenRant.com. But it's a little interesting to talk about the mechanics. We are back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 9.31. We are just at break number three. Joan is going all the way up to 6.75. I'm going up to 6.5. Just interesting little side note, something that Pamela said into the radio, um, 8.14, do it right away, something like that. I'm wondering if this is like, did you kill my son because he's a menace? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. So that is catching us up. We have done the list of the remaining episodes. Now let's go over to the article that we were talking about just to make things a little interesting. Um, So it's called The Walking Dead, 10 Things About Zombies That Don't Make Sense. Zombies are the most iconic element of The Walking Dead. Of of course they are, duh. 
But what characteristics of these unnaturally reanimated creatures make makes no sense. The Walking Dead has made zombies a full staple of pop culture that extends out far past its initial horror movie fan base. I, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, they did quite a bit, but George Romero and John Russo are the ones who made that a staple of pop culture. So y'all need to remember your roots, people. Okay, let's continue. These ever-popular monsters continue to fascinate audiences with even the mildest morbid interest in watching human corpses rise up to devour the living. They're not only scary, they're us. Naturally, the real-world plausibility of Walking Dead zombies should be taken with a grain of salt, but that doesn't explain a number of glaring things that don't make sense. Even for a science fiction horror show, there are some leaps of faith that are impossible to make. Here's just a few. Uh, 10 out of 10, the decay rate. And i got to call them out on this before they even start. Um, now, I'll go ahead and read it to you, and then I'm going to call them out. There are a multitude of zombie types present on The Walking Dead, and not all of them are equal. Some are fresh kills that have been reanimated with most of their bodies intact, while others have been dead for years and still, yet still keep ticking. What makes no sense about all of this is the overall decay rate for the zombie hordes. A normal human body goes through stages of decay that are fairly consistent within general conditions. Only the most sterile and particular of environments can stave off decomposition. Otherwise, a corpse won't manage to hold itself together for more than a few months before it's reduced largely to a skeleton. Okay, first off, this is fiction. Second off, I'm going to point out a picky thing, and I'm telling one of myself as a horror writer. Um, if you can see their eyes, that's the equivalent of less than a day of decay. That's a huge mistake that the entire genre has made, one that I corrected in the stuff that I'm personally working on. And I don't mean this as a shameless plug. I'm just pointing it out because I figured it. Um, the whole decay rate has been messed with, and it's part of the fiction. You just have to let it go and go with it. But it's decaying consistently in that certain things go first and certain things go later, and they are doing that, but it's a much slower decay rate than normal. And that's part of the science in the science fiction of how they're even up and walking around. And they're doing lots of things they shouldn't be able to do, including make noise because they don't have any frickin' breath. So I got to call shenanigans on this one as a bad call. The decay rates are fictional and they're going to be toyed with. And the question you should be asking is, you know, if the eyes go first, that should go first. And, you know, different things should go at certain rates, even if all of them are extended. Okay, so here is a trailer, I guess, for all the ending in the whole universe. And, you know, they're having a big thing in November when this ends. And I guess they're kind of plugging that now, and they're going to go back. And uh, first off, it's a trailer for Interview with the Vampire. All right, let's go to another one. Uh, nine out of ten, seasonal effects. The Walking Dead has touched on the change of seasons, most notably when survivors fought through a winter blizzard in season nine. The resulting zombies were affected by the sudden storm, but this begs the question is how they managed to withstand harsh elements year over year without issue. Um, I got to call shenanigans again. Nobody has said they did. Frostbite, ice buildup, and other effects should have a detrimental impact on a walking corpse despite its undead status. Shenanigans again. Yet for some reason, the zombie hordes keep sawing out to go after the next meal when the weather warms up. And we're back, and so I will fuss about this a little more at break number four.
one, two. Three, four. We are at break number four. I just had to make sure of that. 943. Uh, Joan and I are both at 675. For now, she's holding and I'm coming up. And Jonah said, whoa, now that's a swarm. And they just used that term. I am fairly confident if we go back and look, which I'm not suggesting we do right now. Pardon my hiccups. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm confident that the term swarm has come up long before now. They've also used horde and a couple of others. Um, But I don't think this is the first time it's come up. It's not used often. I can say that. Um, She said, I'd really like to see what happens to those two jerks who were looking at Daryl's place if they decide to go after the kids. Yeah, that's going to be ugly. Also, just as a side note, since that article was talking about things that don't make sense, you know what doesn't make sense? I realize the Commonwealth is a well-greased machine, and they have a lot of the creature comforts that civilization had. Three matching Jeeps in year and color, for real, seriously, and they're all working right now. I think that's more of a stretch of the imagination than worrying about the decay rate of the walkers. But let's go ahead and go back to the article for now uh, and talk about that. So we're talking about the frostbite thing. Okay, first off, frostbite injures people through something that's irrelevant to zombies. You know, it does things with your blood flow and it hurts your skin. Zombies have walked around with half their guts hanging out and all kinds of other crap going on. The things that frostbite does to you have detrimental impacts on the bodies of the living. Half the damage is irrelevant to the bodies of the dead. You don't really know what you're talking about. Uh, what is his name? Derek Draven. Oh my God. If that's your pen name, you should please just end your career. <laughs> uh, all right. Seasonal effects. Let's go past that one. Eight, their mobility. That one I got a grant. It's a bit of a stretch. Walking dead zombies are of the George Romero type. Yes, they are. Meaning they shamble along slowly and don't really have much in the way of speed. Also correct. This doesn't answer the question how the walkers are able to move at all, much less pursue their prey relentlessly for miles on end. Honestly, I have to agree with you on some of that. Theoretically, all that's needed to walk is neuronal circuits, you know, neurons, which are present in the spinal cord and brain, but this doesn't explain how locomotion is possible without the aid of a fully functional circulatory system. Um. This is actually a valid question. I will give him this one, and this one I don't even have a good pat answer for. Um, I don't know the science of how locomotion is possible, and your muscles cannot be contracting and doing things. Honestly, let's be real here. Scientifically, you shouldn't be able to hear or smell or see things or any of this stuff. So I don't know. How far down the rabbit hole we want to go with, you know, reality and can we do it? Um, But this is a valid question, and maybe we'll try to poke that some more next week. Um, How locomotion is possible. All right, 7 out of 10, they're numbers. I don't think this is is a thing that doesn't make sense. Uh, Zombie groups group together in herds largely out of robotic instinct and habit since they're all attracted by the same basic criteria, distractions, and warm flesh. The numbers are harder to explain, however. While it stands to reason that Pac City would have legions of undead patrolling the streets, extremely large hordes have been traversing 
the post-apocalyptic rural areas of The Walking Dead as well. Well, no, they haven't really been rural areas. They're areas that may be rural now because they've run out of population and they've been overgrown. But a lot of these scenes have taken place near major cities. Um, Even the green farm was still in Atlanta, even though it was the outskirts of Atlanta. And it says eventually the number of undead would start to drop over time. What probably happened, as as it does to many movies and shows in the genre, is you would have uh, in the beginning so many, and they would die out, but then others would die. And so it's constantly replenishing to a certain extent before it starts to drop out. All right, we're back. I'll stop the analysis. We'll talk again at break number five. Okay, guys, it's 9.54. We're at break number five. It's probably very likely the last one of the evening. Tone and I are both going up to seven. Things are getting kind of interesting. By the way, we had a trailer for Halloween Ends, and I still maintain something I mentioned this summer. I'm going to mention it again. I would really love at some point to see a movie done where we had Jamie Lee Curtis and Melissa McBride because they are so interesting together. They're just reminiscent enough where you could have like a sisters thing going on, some kind of connection thing going on. I think it would be fun. And they're both really good actresses. So we could do all kinds of things with that. All right, let's go ahead and go back to the article real quick. Um, Six out of 10, they're hearing, you know, because we were talking just a bit ago about their numbers. And I was talking a little bit about their senses in general. Zombies are attracted by several things, most notably distracting sounds, which are enough to get their attention and divert them off their course. Part of this might have to do with the viral outbreak targeting the existing brain tissue and reanimating to perform basic functions. I got to disagree with that. It's hard to imagine hearing being among them, though, since the virus reduces the zombie to a mindless eating machine. It's odd to think it has use of its ears and can still hear well. Even if it were possible, it seems improbable that a zombie would put two and two together from sounds versus images. I actually think that would be a primal thing, but I think the functionality of the eardrum and definitely anything involving vertigo, kinesthetic sense, the whole, like, where the fuck is my body? I don't get it. Um, Also, five out of ten, what about the bugs? They have addressed that at some point, but I think it's a valid point. They haven't addressed it enough. You know, and I'm going to summarize this because we don't have um, that much time left, to be honest. Four out of ten, no rigor mortis. Rigor mortis comes in and then it goes away, so... It's hard to say at what point it recedes and everything else is off. The timeline is off. And uh, interesting point, by the way, for those of you who are interested, Hocus Pocus 2 opened up this weekend on streaming. And the little girl in Hocus Pocus 1 was Thora Birch, who played Gamma. I just found this out on Saturday. All right, 3 out of 10, they do address the thing I was bitching about, eye decomposition. That is one of the first things to go. I looked that up for my own zombie fiction stuff I was working on. I actually consulted a coroner who's a friend of mine. Um, So, yeah, I got a beef with the eyes. Number two out of ten, sense of smell. You know, why does the guts trick work on them so well? It's interesting, but it's kind of a scientific 
implausibility. And one out of ten, the brain. I I don't. Uh, they said brains can't survive without a circulatory system. You know, uh, that is actually that and the other one that I mentioned are the only two valid questions you have on this whole list. Uh, so we'll just go with those. I wanted to real quick go over other shows on NDB Media coming up. Uh, Monday night in America with Roger Noriega. Tomorrow night, Mondays at 10 p.m. It might be 9 p.m. You got to double check me on that. There's been some changes going on. Roger brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history. Currently hosted on StreamYard. Check the NDB Media page for links. And just in case, check it an hour early in case I'm wrong. And someone please let me know if I am. I'm going to try to check as well. Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. here. Eastern Time, join the Curious Critics, Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they dig into another night of TV. Recent shows have included Resident Alien, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, Quantum Leap, Rings of Power, and whatever else sounds intriguing. We have Chris Hardwick talking about Talking Dead, and we have another interview with the Empire thing. The Rock and Roll Radio Show, Wednesday the 12th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me. And Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Strength, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Topic is to be announced. It'll be episode 138 for us. Uh, Travel Itch Radio, um, holding because we might need to do this after. I think we're going to go back. And we are. I'll see you guys at the end. Thank you. Okay, guys, we are at the end. Got a couple last remaining comments that I did not get to. First off, why was the town in dark and at where the swarm was was in daylight still? Uh, Also, why are they wasting ammo shooting at a swarm? Just GTFO. And did you all catch the homage kill to Day of the Dead? Greg Nicotero was probably behind that because I think he was behind the original. That's the one where they pull somebody apart in Day of the Dead. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Rose, you know, choke on him, whatever, down the hall. So we had some guy pulled apart, and then we're both ending on, what, 7.5? And Joe says, the problem with having guns all the time is the soldiers get soft on the up-close-and-personal and get ripped in half. <laughs> okay, yes, I absolutely agree with you. All right, let's go ahead and go through the last of the shows uh, for my colleagues. Travel Itch Radio, Thursday the 6th. 8 p.m. Eastern Time topic, the largest resort in Arizona called VAI will open in Glendale after the Super Bowl next February. It will not only have a six-acre pool complex, but an aerial bar and a man-made party island, not to mention proximity to the baseball spring training homes of the Los Angeles Dodgers and Chicago White Sox. Hear all about the features of the mega resort when Jessica Chukran visits Travelich Radio on Thursday, October 6th. Listen live on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, as Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee ask Jessica about plans and projections for the sprawling property. This will be the 478th episode as we near completion of our 11th season. Don't miss it. And then Evernew on Saturday the 8th, 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern with Chris Smith, host, Hannah McCrane, co-host, and guest. Evernew is about living out loud, forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers. It's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better. So who's up for some fun? 
A new, ever new podcast will air every other Saturday at the same Twitch and NDB Media link on the public NDB Media page. I want to thank you all for joining us. Thank you not only to everyone who joined us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time, and good night.